Legal independent review organizations are usually required under corporate integrity agreements when physician financial arrangements are involved in the settlement. But you do not have to use a legal independent review organization only under corporate integrity agreements. Captain Integrity Productions is excited to announce Bob Wade has joined the Tier 1 ranked national law firm of Nelson Mullins. But we are still Stark Integrity. Captain Integrity Production and the law firm of Nelson Mullins presents Stark Integrity, the Stark Law and Compliance Podcast. Stark Integrity explores the world of the Stark Law and healthcare compliance with our nationally recognized Stark Law, Fraud, and compliance attorney, Bob Wade. Bob has a national healthcare legal and compliance practice that focuses on the minions of the anti-kickback statute, false claims act, and the Stark law, including fair market value and commercial reasonableness. Although Bob is a law partner in the national law firm of Nelson Mullins, the views expressed in Stark Integrity are Bob's personal views and not the views of the firm, and they are not intended to be legal advice. Now, without further ado, I give you Captain Integrity, Bob Wade. Welcome to Stark Integrity, the Stark Law and Compliance Podcast. My name is Bob Wade, and I am your host. Today, I am going to be discussing the services of independent review organizations. When an organization enters into a corporate integrity agreement with the Office of the Inspector General, the OIG will typically require that the organization enter into an arrangement or arrangements with independent review organizations, depending upon the nature of the issue that is being settled and for which the corporate integrity agreement arose. So there are two types of independent review organizations. One is for claims. And the other one is for legal services or physician financial arrangements. If the issue that's being settled and the CIA is subject to is a billing issue, then the OIG will mandate that the settling organization under their CIA enter into an independent review organization arrangement with a firm that can go in and review claims that are submitted to federal and state payers. So for a claims IRO, a IRO needs to have experience with the type of claims being submitted. So if this is, by way of example, an orthopedic settlement, then the IRO will need to have experience in auditing claims by orthopedic surgeons. Uh, so you want to make sure that you have a claims IRO that has skills, resources, and experience in reviewing claims that are submitted, and usually there's a, a precise way in which the claims IRO needs to audit the services of the organization, and these are claims that are submitted during the term of the CIA, and they are usually uh, claims that have to be statistically valid, and they will actually issue an error rate and identify the errors that they are seeing with respect to the claims being submitted. And usually there's a threshold, like a 5% over 
um, from a net perspective. And the, the claims IRL can actually uh, look at claims that have been overcoded as well as claims that were undercoded. And if those claims are you know 5% over or less, then that's a pretty clean uh, review. But if you have a review that results in greater than 5%, then further detailed claims will be required. Now, that's all I'm going to say about a claims IRO because the focus of this episode is going to be on legal independent review organization services. So if a settlement agreement is entered into with the OIG or DOJ, and it's in relation to physician financial arrangements or financial arrangements with referral sources, then the CIA will require the organization to enter into an arrangement with a legal independent review organization, again, otherwise known as a LERO. And a LERO is usually a lawyer or law firm that will review the financial arrangements with physicians or referral sources according to a prescribed set of standards that are under the corporate integrity agreement. And I'm going to go through some of those standards in this episode, but one of the things I, I wanted to emphasize is that even though these are mandated services under a corporate integrity agreement, if someone is going to be performing a compliance effectiveness review on an organization and you wanted to focus in on the compensation arrangements with physicians or referral sources, then these are the type of services that you could engage uh, outside of a CIA. And I have performed both services under a corporate integrity agreement as well as in anticipation of a corporate integrity agreement or as part of a compliance effectiveness review. And some of the standards that I'm going to, going to be talking about are the standards that I would Im, uh, use uh, regardless of the type of services that I'm being sought to perform, either pre-CIA, under a CIA, or through a compliance effectiveness review. But obviously, if you're under a corporate integrity agreement, then you want to make sure, and I would make sure as a legal IRO, make sure that I'm complying with the strict terms of the IRO services as dictated by the CIA. As most of you know, corporate integrity agreements usually have a term of five years. And so in a legal IRO, there are two types of reviews. One is a systems review and the other is a transactions review. Now, even before I get to the systems and transactions review, one of the things I want to emphasize under a corporate integrity agreement is the lawyer or firm, law firm, that you are entering into the legal IRO function has to be independent and has not had a an attorney-client relationship with the entity prior to providing the LERO services for that entity. So if you're currently using law firm A, and especially if you use law firm A in order to negotiate the terms of the CIA, then you cannot use law firm A to be the legal IRO. You would have to, to choose another law firm. So that's uh, the reason why for the independence. And I think the, the government wants independence, even though I think that as a law firm, you're going to be ethical and provide your unblemished review of the services, but they want complete independence and therefore not having any prior uh, legal relationship as an attorney-client uh, is, is what the government is looking for when the entity engages in uh, the services of a LERO. And it, it's up to the entity. 
uh, to decide on the Lero. The government will not dictate to the entity who or what law firm can be the Lero. So you as the organization have the full right to select the Lero, and the Lero will have to submit their information and the reason why they believe that they are independent to the OIG as they're being selected. And if you're selecting a Lero, uh, obviously the expectation is that Lero will be in place for the entire five-year term of the CIA, but if for some reason people don't get along, somebody moves from one law firm to another law firm, uh, then you can change who the designated Lero is. You just have to provide notice to the OIG as to the reasons for making the change. And as long as they do not object, then you can modify or change the designated Lero during the term of the CIA. So now, going back to the two types of reviews that the Lero will perform, again, it's a systems review and then also a transactions review. Now, a systems review usually is not every single year under the corporate integrity agreement term. The transactions review will be every single year. But the system review really is looking at the overall system of the organization to uh, how they did develop financial arrangements, how they enter into those financial arrangements, how they document those financial arrangements, etc. So some of the things that they would be looking for in a systems review is the policies and procedures of the organization for monitoring their financial arrangements with referral sources whether or not there's a centralized tracking system uh, by the organization so they know what financial arrangements that they have. Uh, then they also want the, uh, the procedures to document uh, the fair market value development for each of the financial arrangements. So who are the individuals or entities that the organization will be looking to for the documentation regarding fair market value as well as commercial reasonableness? And, and so there needs to be set out in a policy. And as a systems review, you're going, the, the legal independent review organization will be going through and checking to ensure that the financial arrangements are following that policy and procedure. They will be evaluating activity logs like time reports for medical directorships or if you have any uh, physician financial arrangements that are on a per hour basis or per service basis, then there's some activity logs in order to justify or document that those services were performed. The monitoring mechanisms uh, of the organization to ensure that the financial arrangements are being implemented or, or operationalized consistent with the terms of the financial arrangements. Also, the business rationale or justification, and that's more on the commercial reasonableness side, making sure that there's sufficient documentation by policy and procedure, sufficient documentation to enter into uh, those arrangements, as well as there is a review mechanism within the organization, like a committee uh, or a panel of, of executives, uh, to do the business justification from a commercial reasonableness perspective. The LERO will look to ensure that the compliance officer for the organization is conducting an annual review and reporting to a compliance committee of these financial arrangements and the internal review process and approval process. So this way that there is some accountability from the compliance officer to a compliance committee or even to the board. 
And then there's also policies and procedures for responding to suspected violations of those big statutes that we've talked about in other episodes of Stark Integrity, like the anti-kickback statute, uh, the Stark Law. Uh, ensure that there's policies and procedures for the reportable events uh, like overpayments or other corporate integrity agreement violations, and as well as there are processes and procedures in place for the review of financial arrangements as those arrangements are being renewed. And so they want to make sure that the organization has procedures in place so they that they don't go onto autopilot and just allow all of their financial arrangements simply to renew, that there's has to be a period of time that they stop, pause, and review those financial arrangements before they actually renew. Then usually the first and fourth year of the reporting terms, uh, the legal IRO will prepare a report of their systems review, and they'll describe the documentation that they reviewed, including citation of the policies and procedures. Uh, they will look over whether or not they believe that the functions as described in the policies and procedures are in place, and then identify any weaknesses or potential opportunities for improvement uh, with respect to their reviews of systems. And so, again, it's not something that they do every single year. It's usually like the first and the fourth year under the uh, CIA. But the biggest component of a LERO service is the transactions review. And the transactions review will occur every single year under the CIA. And here, under the Corporate Integrity Agreement, the OIG will mandate a certain number of financial arrangements, usually they call these focus arrangements, that will be selected for review by the LERO. And I've seen this as low as 25, and I've seen it as high as 250 uh, financial arrangements, depending upon the size of the organization. I would say the average is around 100 of these type of financial arrangements. So the LERO will randomly select this number. So let's stick with 100, that they're going to randomly select 100 financial arrangements for review. And these are arrangements that were entered into or renewed during the reporting period. So during that year leading up to the report, they will select the 100 documents or financial arrangements for review. And then they will go through a method in order to evaluate each of the financial arrangements. So first, they're going to look to, to see whether or not the arrangement is listed in the organization's tracking system. And this is to ensure that they can identify uh, the name of the parties, the type of arrangement, the relevant uh, start date and termination date of the arrangement and a des description of the financial arrangement uh, that is uh, subject to review. They will look to see whether the arrangement received the appropriate internal review and approval, whether it's by an executive committee or a compliance committee or a separate physician arrangement review committee. They will verify that the compensation that is supposed to be paid to the uh, referral source or physicians has been documented to be determined to be representative of fair market value and that the compensation is paid is tracked 
in order to comply with the financial terms of the written arrangement. And that's key. So it's not just looking to make sure that the contract's in existence, it's on the tracking log, but they're gonna, they will need to look at the payment terms for that financial arrangement to ensure that they are consistent with the terms of the written agreement and also consistent with fair market value, the fair market value that was used to approve of the financial arrangement. If there are activity logs like timesheets or other documentation to support the services being rendered, those will be reviewed to make sure that they are appropriately filled out and they look like that they were filled out real time and they actually reflect the service that's being performed by the physician or referral source. If there's lease space or medical devices or supplies, uh, to make sure that those items are properly monitored and maintained. Uh, so by way of example, if you have uh, like a durable medical equipment uh, that is in a consignment closet and you want to make sure that it's, it's well documented about the use of that medical equipment, and that generally the financial arrangement goes through the approval process as required by the policies and procedures of the organization as well as the monitoring process that is mandated by the policies and procedures of the organization. So in effect, the LERO is supposed to be looking at the financial arrangement from the commencement of the development of the financial arrangement through the approval process, through the execution process to make sure that it's appropriately executed by both parties, through the payment process. And I would say that if there's going to be any issues, it's going to be through the payment process. Uh, because as I've talked before on Stark Integrity, a lot of times these financial arrangements can be set up, but the major compliance or legal issues come into play as the uh, arrangement is being operationalized, making sure that not only are the payments consistent with the terms of the contract, but like if you have a stipend arrangement or a fixed monthly payment, that there's ways that you can identify that the services that are being performed are consistent with the fair market value review. So if, if that arrangement was supposed to take the physician 80 hours in a month to perform, as their documentation to support that 80 hours were actually worked by the physician to support that monthly stipend being paid. So just generally, kind of to recap about the transactions review, the review will cover why the arrangement was entered into, the pre-execution process, if it was followed consistent with the policies and procedures, that fair market value documentation for the financial arrangement was developed before the arrangement was entered into or renewed. Commercial reasonableness documentation for the financial arrangement was documented. Approval documentation, usually through a committee. Proof of execution of the agreement were required. Like if it's a 1099 independent contractor arrangement, then you need to make sure that it is signed by the parties, not necessarily so for a W-2 employee that the, uh, the monitoring of the performance of the services are consistent with the financial arrangement in the written agreement, including time cards and other time recording mechanisms, that the payment documentation to assure that the payment is consistent with the services performed and the contract terms. So that's kind of the process that the LERO will go through in order to evaluate the transactions. And then every single year of the CIA, 
that Lero will develop a report, and that report will go to uh, the OIG identifying any inconsistencies that the Lero will note. Now, here, the Lero does not necessarily have to find things that are not consistent with policies or, and procedures. But if they do, they ha because they're independent, they have a duty to report. So even though that they're independent, uh, it's not like they have to come in and, you know, they are doing their job if they find something. That's, that's not the goal. The goal is just to, to make sure that everything is consistent with the policies and procedures and the contract that is written. And when I perform Lero services, you know, that's my objective. If I find something, I find something. If I don't find something, well, that's, that's good. And so it's, it's not like it has to be an adversarial arrangement between the entity and also uh, the, the Lero. And that's the reason why I, I preface this whole episode that the Lero function can be something that's used even outside of a corporate integrity agreement because it's really just evaluating the effectiveness of not only the systems, but also the transactions that are being entered into uh, with physicians and other, other uh, referral sources. So this brings us to the three Captain Integrity Punch Points for today's episode. Captain Integrity Punch Point number one is the legal independent review organization, like the title says, has to be independent. It cannot have had a an attorney-client relationship with the entity before it is engaged to perform the LERO services. Captain Integrity Punch Point number two is that even though the LERO is supposed to be independent, it does not necessarily have to be an adversarial relationship between the entity under the CIA. Their job is to go in and to evaluate the organization for compliance with its systems as well as compliance with the terms of the CIA. And Captain Integrity Punch Point number three is that the LERO type services can be provided outside of a corporate integrity agreement and is just simply part of the effectiveness review of an organization and how it operationalizes its physician financial arrangements. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Stark Integrity, the Stark Law and Compliance Podcast. If you have any questions regarding this episode, the Stark Law, or healthcare compliance, you can contact me at bobwadecaptainintegrity at gmail.com or my law firm email address at bob.wade at nelsonmullins.com. You can review this and any other episode of Stark Integrity at the Captain Integrity website at captainintegrity.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn under Bob Wade. I hope the three Captain Integrity punch points will help you with the Stark Law and compliance. In closing, remember that integrity depends on you and me.